Hello, my friends. Paul here, Deeper Daily Podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's the 16th day of December. It's a Saturday, and I want to tell you about what you can expect tomorrow across all of our platforms here at Paul White Ministries. If you prefer audio only on those Sunday sermons, just do whatever you're doing right here. It's the same spot you get your DDP. You'll also get the full-length sermon drop every Sunday. But if you like video, of course, paulwhiteministries.com or our YouTube page, PWM. The sermon that you can look for tomorrow was Advent 2, the second sermon of the Advent season for this 2023 Advent and it is the, the Sunday of peace. So I ministered on the way of peace. This message was so enjoyable for me because peace has been the plumb line of my soul in all of our journeys in life and ministry. From pastoring, from early, early on, itinerant young evangelist, pastoring, uh, then going into full-time itinerant ministry, moving geographically twice across the country as the Father put us into different spots to hold meetings and then now planting a church in another spot, I have had to live by peace because I don't always live by... There's just been times when we couldn't live by having, by like abundance, having a bunch of money or having real clear direction of where the next step was going to take us or how to even take the next step. So it's always been peace. So a lot of me comes out in this message. I told Natasha on the way home from church on the Sunday I ministered this, I think this might have been the best sermon I ever did on peace. And I think part of the reason I feel that way is because I'm at such peace with where we are and who we are that I could deliver it from a place of joy and confidence and honesty, not trying to say that all of the areas are solved. And I give some raw honesty in this message of how I've missed the way of peace. I think you will enjoy it. I hope you'll take a a chance to listen to it. It's about 40 three minutes in length, so slightly longer than what we've been doing on Sunday mornings, but nothing for this DDP audience. They're used to, you're used to these long Sunday sermons. So 43 minutes or so. And, uh, and just my prayer is that it will, it will help lead you into the way of peace. Today, I want to get back into Luke chapter five and we're in verse 33. Then they said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often? And make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. I want to remind you that in the Greek there are no punctuations, and so there's certainly no question marks or exclamation points. And so those are added by translators of whatever language is being translated into, and of course in our case English, and it's, they're derived by the nature of the words that are there in Greek. Our earliest Greek of this text doesn't have the phrase... Why do the disciples? They just say it. The, our, the, the earliest Greek we found on this says um, the, the disciples of John fast often. So it's a statement, not a question. Now, I don't know if that applies too terribly much to the, to the statement that Jesus gives, um, but it might change the subtitling or the heading in some of your reference Bibles because those references will often say Jesus is questioned about fasting. 
I'm not sure that he's questioned. I think maybe they are cutting them down. If it's not a question mark, then it's a statement. And the statement would be, hey, the disciples of John fast and make prayers and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. Not a question, but a statement of, and, and you know what the difference is, right? I mean, if someone asks you a question about what you're doing, that can come across much different than if someone makes an accusation about what you're doing compared to someone else. And I think this is more accusation than question. So Jesus' response, I don't think, is an attempt to answer a question about being about fasting. I think it's an attempt to shield his disciples from the accusation that which they're being accused of, which is that they don't they don't fast, fast often and make prayers. Notice that's also in there. And they say, yours eat and drink. Jesus' response in verse 34, and again, I'm not sure it's an answer as much as it's a defense. Jesus says to them, he asks them a question. Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. So Jesus' question regards himself. He's the bridegroom. And this alone would have been highly controversial for the disciples, for Jesus to pitch himself as the bridegroom, because he's saying, can the friends of the bridegroom fast if the bridegroom's with them? Can you imagine the crowd, the the Pharisees that are questioning him probably think, well, who do you think you are that you're called the bridegroom? You know, what does that even mean that you think these people are going to marry you? Now, of course, we see this through the rest of the New Testament, through the eyes of we're the bride and he's our husband and we see it through the the book of Revelation. Would you like to see the Lamb's bride? Let me come here. Let me show you the Lamb's bride. But they don't have that. And so this statement to them is bizarre, um, maybe bordering on blasphemy. But for us, what Jesus is saying is, if you have what it is you desire, what would be the purpose of fasting? And also, you know, there was no fasting that could be called during a wedding in Israel because weddings were times of eating, drinking, and celebrating. And so you didn't fast during a wedding, and Jesus is saying they're not going to fast. They have what it is they're looking for. The indication here is you're fasting and praying for something you don't believe that you have. And he responds further in that 35th verse with the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast in those days. And I think this is between Calvary and the resurrection. In fact, every time Jesus makes appearances to his disciples from the resurrection to the ascension, the the gospels make clear of how many times they break bread with him. Uh, Top of my head, I can think of three. That they, that they break some form of food and drink with Jesus. The, the disciples on the road to Emmaus break bread, then their eyes are open, they realize who's with them. When Jesus appears to the disciples, walks through the wall, um, what convinces them is when they break bread and drink with him. On the beach in John 21, when he makes fish, grills fish on the fire and invites them to come and dine, he breaks bread with them. And why? Because he's breaking their fast. He's reminding them 
that he's here and they don't have to fast to ask him. And I think fasting has can have its purpose if we feel like food has become an interference or we feel as if uh Perhaps we feel as if it is an addiction or perhaps we feel as if it's defining us or we have negative relationships with us and that might be something we do for medical purposes or for physical health purposes. But I don't believe in it for spiritual purposes because I don't believe the bridegroom is separated from his bride. And so I don't believe I have to beg for the appearance of who Jesus is. Now Jesus will take it into what I think is more of a new covenant thing and we'll do that with him tomorrow. See you then. God bless.